What's up, everybody? Dave Martinson here with my main man, Steve DeCorda from Bluefish Comics, here to talk to you about Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dave. What's going on with you? You know, Steve, this movie, it's got a lot of people talking for a bunch of reasons, and I felt we just had to take this opportunity to get that first collab out of the way and you know, <laughs> discuss all these topics. Absolutely. Before we get started, uh, for those of you who don't know, Steve, you're a big DC Comics fan, correct? I'm a big DC guy. I like Marvel. I'm entertained by it, but I'm, I definitely prefer DC. Awesome. So you've you're well versed in the comics over time, the animated movies. You've seen done all that all that jazz. You're seen it all. You, you know you know the stuff, right? I do. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I've I've read a fair share of, my fair share of comics, mainly just like the big like the famous Batman right. ones, like Killing Joke, those things. Like I've read Civil War by Marvel, but I'm not like a huge comic fan uh, in terms of reading the comics. But I'm usually more of like a wiki guy like once i see them in a show or see them in a movie then i'll go to the wikis and find out what i don't know and you get lost in that black but hole i'm yeah exactly <laughs> go down the rabbit hole and hours go by <laughs> but uh yeah so steve where can we find your muses and thoughts regarding comics and the like you can find Thank me you, yeah thanks you can find me at bluefishcomics.com and then you can also find me at bluefish comics on instagram and twitter and facebook awesome Great. And for me, you can find me at Nostalgia Pod. It's my pop culture podcast to talk about stuff like this and just entertainment in general. You can follow the show on Twitter at Nostalgia Pod or SoundCloud.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. And my personal Twitter is at Martin Swagger, S W A G R, Swagger. So let's jump right into it, Steve. Let's do so it. Batman vs. Superman, it's a movie we've, we've known about for a while. It got Three pushed years. back last summer. Yeah. yeah. When was the original release date? Was it last July? Uh, it was supposed to be, yeah, it was supposed to be summer 2015, and then they moved it till May 2016, and then Captain America was coming out that day, and they probably rightfully right. brought it back to March. There's too much riding right, on this right. one that's not riding on Marvels. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. So, then we got closer to release, we saw the trailers, we you've talked about the trailers on, on your show, I've talked about them as well, we won't get into that. Right. But then the reviews coming. That review embargo broke. I remember we were both on Twitter at that time, and we just started seeing everything pour in. Yeah. And what was your first reaction when you saw the overwhelmingly negative reviews for the most part? At first, I thought it was like the first few critics were you know ready to jump in and get their negative reviews out there because the the fan screenings went extremely well, and I knew a few critics who right. were at the fan screenings and they really liked this the movie too, and then. As the hours went by and, you know, it went from, like, 50 to 40 to 30, it, it almost felt like a gut punch. I was like, oh, could this really be that bad? You know, I've been waiting three years for this movie, but could it really be this bad? So it right. was it was uh, yeah. a little disappointing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, same thing for me. Once I started seeing the reviews and, like, I, I didn't want to read them. I wanted to, you know, keep that blank slate just to go with an right. open mind. But seeing those headlines, a lot of people, like, it's almost like they were relishing and, like, tearing the movie down like yeah Batman i agree superman uh almost as inelegant as its title I was yeah like, okay like you seem to have a agenda with that one but right yeah either I saw, way i saw one that said um you know so bad that it could you know endanger the entire dc universe or cinematic universe which really isn't right. true but yeah no you're right i agree completely. no not at all <laughs> right so now we've so when did you see the movie you saw it on saturday it's i saw saturday, saturday night right? yep Okay, I, yeah, I saw it Saturday afternoon. I, it's funny, I actually went to 
go see it the first time and it was packed. I couldn't even get to the box office. There's so many people there. So I turned around and went back a few hours later, but finally saw it. Long movie, right? Oh, yeah. We knew it was long, but <laughs> quite long. And I guess looking back, the fact that it was long helped it handle all the different moving parts the movie had, wouldn't you oh, agree? Yeah. yeah, I would agree. If they made it, if it was like a, you know, 100 minute movie, it would, uh, it would seem even more, the pacing would seem even more off than, than it already does. Right. Hey, let's just jump right into it then. So why why do people dislike Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice? What is the main problem with this? I, there's a lot of cool stuff on screen, right. but why why don't people like it? I think the first two acts are very slow. They're slow moving and they have the story is a little wonky. Um and it makes you know, I think like for my sister, she was, you know, the first two hours she was kinda like fidgeting her seat, she was yawning we went to a ten thirty screening, she was yawning a little bit. Mm-hmm. So and I can understand that because you see, I, I read like one review, non-spoiler review, before it went in, and they said it's very inaccessible right. to non-DC fans and or non-comic book fans. And I really have to agree with that because there are a lot of things in that first two acts that had me excited, little cameos and references. Right. But my sister, who doesn't, keep, you know, she doesn't keep up with the comics. She does that didn't mean anything to her, so she was just kind of waiting for the fight, really. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like the first two acts. Nothing really was happening. You were just kind of being shown the characters, but there really was no real story and yeah. real plot. And I liked what I was seeing, like you. I mean, but you know, I was getting excited about what you know those characters and seeing those those things. But it almost seemed like they were trying to build up to that fight, but they never really got there until all of a sudden we're on that helipad with Lex Luthor. Yeah, like it just they just they rushed right right to there after showing seemingly unconnected Batman and Superman stuff. Right, and then I thought that the fight itself was a little bit rushed. I don't want to sound like someone who wants, like, nonstop action, but it did feel a little bit rushed. Maybe not even the Batman and Superman portion, but the Doomsday portion, I thought they got through it a little quickly. And, I, I mean, here's my main gripe with the movie. When I first heard they were doing Batman right. versus Superman, I was like, why are you doing a versus movie right out of the gate? You know, you it's not going right. to have the same impact. You know, The Dark Knight Returns takes place in a future where Batman and Superman were, you know, brothers in arms for 30 years. So, right. and then I saw the trailers and, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid and I got, you know, I got really excited for it. But then coming out of the theater, <laughs> I was like, no, I was right. They shouldn't have done this because it would have been so much more impactful emotionally if these two characters, you know, they didn't even have that much screen time together when you think about it. Bruce Wayne, Clark, Batman, Superman. No. Yeah. So the, there was really like, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking spoilers. So, at the end, oh, yeah, when, all spoilers. Yeah, when when Superman dies at the end, like it gives you goosebumps, and you're like, "Oh, what happened?" But the reaction from or the emotional impact from Bruce and Diana is like it's barely there because they don't know this guy. Yeah. And if you did it yeah. five, six, seven movies down the road, it would be traumatizing. Especially that last line um, in at the funeral where Bruce and Diana are meeting, and Bruce says, "I failed him in life. I won't fail him in death." It didn't mean anything to me because you were just fighting with him two minutes ago. You know, you didn't know the guy in life, <laughs> and you hated him when you, you know, for the little time that you did know him. Whereas if they were, if they spent movies developing their relationship, I mean, I don't want to bring in Marvel and DC, but you know, a la, you know, the Tony Stark Iron Man to an extent, it would be a lot more. Like I say, it would be like traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. He didn't. They didn't even know each other. They were maybe acquaintances. I mean, it's also funny too because they really jumped uh they, they skipped out on some exposition with superman just being like oh bruce like 
I do know you're Bruce Wayne. I didn't right. explicitly say it before or didn't really show me figuring that out. But yeah, I know you're Bruce Wayne. And oh yeah, uh, Diana, yeah, I know you're, she knows I'm um, Bruce Wayne as well. Like it's yeah. kind of rushed th- those little things. And I don't know, I just made a passage of time it was a little weird for me too. But yeah, not to compare it to Marvel, but this is like, I've been saying this before, this is like going from Iron Man 1 right to the Avengers. Yeah. You know, like it or not, there was only three characters in this movie we'd ever seen before. Two of uh, one of which is Perry, who's minor. Right. I I like I don't think it was a mistake to bring in Batman. I think it was a mistake to use the story that they used. I think you could have yeah. brought in if they followed the uh, you know, Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series, World's Finest from the nineties, the nineties cartoon. Sure. If they followed that story, I think this would have worked fantastically you can still make it dark that could still be a darker story um i don't know maybe they didn't want to use joker so soon i just think that because even my brother even said he really liked the first two hours of it but he said the doomsday really turned him off because i mean let's be honest the cgi was not very good you know i think the thing with doomsday is that i mean i i guess you kind of could foresee this in the trailers but uh lex just made doomsday from zod's corpse using the the kryptonian chip that the government government had before right. I mean, that, that seemed really far-fetched to me and they just put out a deleted scene warner brothers yeah which kind of fleshed that out a little bit i mean i i didn't really know what was going on too much did you have anything to say about that like what'd you think of lex saying oh yeah uh, tell me everything to the the kryptonian like you know ai and then just next thing you know he's making the abomination doomsday i mean i like the idea that he is trying to get knowledge because in the comics right. obviously he's you know he, him and bruce wayne are really i think he may even be smarter than bruce wayne the comics uh probably depending on who the writer is but so i I don't mind him looking for knowledge i did think that it was a little strange the way uh yeah i thought it was a little strange the way doomsday came about and then they kind of skipped over why he hates superman does he hate superman because he's like yeah part lex luthor i guess and lex luthor hates superman like again to bring it back to the cartoons in just like the anime series when they make doomsday they give you they show you how he's being trained to hate superman so when he keeps going after him you're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what you, you you said you liked Lex Luthor's portrayal, right? The whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, all right, he's he's committed to the role, but I can 100% right away see why that's a polarizing portrayal for people. And some people were calling him like Rent-A-Joker. Yeah. My dad said it. He's like, this is very Joker-esque mannerisms. And I think it's a cool take on Lex Luthor. I mean, as far as I knew, Lex was never that kind of, never had that kind of personality, right? No, I, yeah, I thought he was great. Um, I, you know, it's a different interpretation of the character, but I enjoy. You know, you can't be a comic book purist for everything, or you won't enjoy any of this stuff. So, right, exactly. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought, like you said, he was committed to it. I thought he did a great job with it. And the hair is actually right out of the comics too—the crazy red hair. And then obviously, you see at the end, they shave it, and he gets his iconic bald right. look. So I thought, I thought Luthor was fine. I thought really, I thought all the performances were great. I thought Affleck was yeah. outstanding. I thought Henry Cavill. Absolutely. I thought Cavill was great again. I thought Gal Gadot was amazing as Wonder Woman, and you know, for what she had to do, I thought she was fantastic. Um, and really, you know, everyone else just hit it. Even I know some people were complaining about Amy Adams a little bit. I think that's more of this. Is, I think a lot of people are complaining about the characters and the way they're being interpreted because DC characters have been in pop culture, you know, in mainstream pop culture for so long. You know, you've had your Max Fleischer cartoons, so you know, every generation had either a cartoon, a movie, or a television show to kind of make their own 
idea in their head of what Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and all their characters should be and look like and, and how they should act. So you're never going to please everyone. It's impossible. Yeah, and I think his portrayal probably would be a little more received if the rest of the movie flowed better. Like, no one, no one's really had a problem with any other performances, and I agree with you 100%. I liked everyone else. I thought Ben Affleck's grisly Batman and his rapport with Alfred was awesome. And I yeah. think we'll get more about the universe they've set up in a minute, but the, the movie really feels like it died on the editing floor. Just they were just piecing it together, and it, it. I mean, watching it even as it didn't take me out of the moment, but I could feel how disjointed it was. Yeah. Do you think that the extra half hour in the director's cut or the ultimate cut, whatever they're calling it, is going to help the pacing a little bit? You know, it, it just might. I know everyone prefers Watchmen's director's cut to the theatrical version as well. Yeah. Speaking of Zack Snyder, and that could go a long way. And. I thought the, I don't think it was the problem with the movie having too much going on. It's just that the story itself wasn't very structured. There really wasn't much to it. You know, I think, yeah, make the movie a little longer. It'll flow a little nicer. But at the end of the day, the story is what the story was. And I think that was the weakest part. Yeah, I thought the, the, the whole idea of the desert scene kind of being, I just, I didn't like any of that. I thought they should have just kept it going from the, from the Man of Steel perspective. Because the first two scenes of this movie... I was like, I don't know how he was playing about this movie. This is an A-plus movie. You had uh, the Bruce's parents dying. I thought that was fantastic. That was done fantastically. That was and then, good. And then you had Bruce in Man of Steel. And I thought that was a great scene. And then it really yeah. set it up. And then it just went, you know, it just kept on going down from there. And I mean, not th- I don't dislike the movie. I actually like them. You know, we're talking about the negatives. I still like the movie. I just am disappointed with the movie. Yeah, so they use the desert scene to kind of... I guess, shoehorn in this plot of the government versus Superman. But really, you didn't need it because you already had the, what happened in Man of Steel. And they set that up perfectly with Bruce Wayne in the beginning of the movie and what he was doing during, during the events of Man of Steel, during the climax. So I thought, I mean, I think they used it because they wanted to show that Lex Luthor had something to do with it. And uh, I just didn't think it worked that well. Yeah, I mean, Lois Lane's first line in the movie is, are you a terrorist? I know a lot of people pick that apart as <laughs> her being this great great reporter and that, that was what she says but either way that whole desert scene seemed really shoehorned and then superman found his way over there did was he in cahoots with the cia how did he know where they were also why would they blame superman if everyone died from bullets yeah they didn't explain you know, that either it just so seemed I, like there was it was really weak yeah it seemed like luthor knew that there was a relationship between lois and superman which I think a lot of people knew because they were making out in Man of Steel. <laughs> so he used her to exploit him. So I kind of at the end, they kind of show you that this is all Luthor's plan. But I don't think they did a good enough job of explaining that during the movie, like while it was happening. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. So I guess we, we kind of highlighted why the movie can piss some people off. You know, it, people say, some people are saying, oh, it doesn't qualify as a movie. And I mean, I can understand where, you, where your head's at for that. I mean, I still think it's probably a seven, you know, as a fan of comic movies. And it really, I mean, you've said this before, it plays out more like a comic book than a film. It does. It feels like you're reading a graphic novel instead of watching a film. Right. So how do you feel about this DC universe that has now been set up after only two movies? Uh, We have the acknowledgement of maybe a dead Robin that we saw in the trailer. Did the Joker kill Robin? Is, Is the Joker Jason Todd? I mean, I really liked Batman's line to Alfred about not everyone stays good, something along those lines. That really got me thinking about Jason Todd. 
he said that, and then also Superman. One of Superman's best lines was, um, "Nobody stays good in this world." Uh, he says it to Lois before yeah. he goes. Yeah. So I thought that was that was a great line. I I don't think there's any way. I think there's a zero percent chance that the Joker is Jason Todd. I would be so crazy if it was. <laughs> yeah, it just it wouldn't work because Harley. Why would Harley be hanging around with him if he's really Jason Todd, not the real Joker? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I guess that's fair enough. So, how did you feel about the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg appearances? I personally, I thought those actually flowed in the movie better than other parts. I thought they introduced them kind of well. Would you? How did you feel about that? I loved the first Flash cameo where he comes through with like the computer screen while Bruce is sleeping. Uh, I think that maybe he is more of a premonition, and maybe he's coming back in time and he's warning Bruce about yeah. something. No, yeah, I think that that part was totally unexpected. I mean, most people really like that scene and really gets you thinking about what's this future plot? Like, what was the Flash referencing there? It's kind of hard to make out, but Lois is the key. Lois is the is key. Superman, I mean, are we going to see a Bizarro? Like, I mean, really got got my head, head going again with that, but that was really cool. Yeah, I don't know. He said something like, uh, you were right, Bruce, you were right. And then he said something like, am I too early? I'm too early. You were right, Bruce. Lois is the key. And then he kind of got pulled back in. So, yeah, I have no idea. It definitely, obviously, because we saw the the desert, uh, or I guess we call the Mad Max uh, Batman, that's obviously, we saw obvious references to Darkseid. We saw the Omega symbol in the sand, and he got knocked out by a parademon. So, we know... Yeah, no, crazy. Yeah, so that had to be a a Darkseid tease. I don't know why Lois Lane would be the case. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't... You got me, but Lex's right. line at the end when he was in prison about uh, Darkseid hearing the bells. How, how do you think Lex knows of Darkseid's existence? I think I assume it wasn't from the Kryptonian ship. I mean, that's what he, I, that's what I think it is. Oh, is he already talking to him? I think it is the Kryptonian ship because he said, "Tell me everything." Oh, okay. And Kryptonians had that advanced technology; they probably would know about. You know, they explored space, sense, yeah. so they should know about other planets. But yeah, if they so, bring so in. A... Did you did you like Aquaman's uh, appearance? It seemed like it was kind of awkward. He it was, was kind of like floating there. I thought that whole scene destroyed the drone right away, and then he he flew away, uh, swam away. Was really cool, but he was just kind of posing there for a second. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I thought that whole scene felt very forced because um, it was yeah. like the movie was finally picking up pace, and it was like, all right, we're going to you know we're getting into the fight, we're getting into the fight, and then we have this like really long, really slow scene where Wonder Woman is just looking at computer files of. Uh, security camp footage of these three guys. It was cool to see as a fan. It's cool to see, but I wish they would have found a way that they could have made it work a little more fluidly. Yeah, I agree. When Wonder Woman finally came out uh, in her Wonder Woman garb at the end for the Doomsday fight, we had seen that in the trailers already, but that was actually like the only moment where I like, was clapping in my theater. I thought that was really cool. Like Her right. theme, I thought, was really awesome, and it came in twice. Oh, like, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, like, her... the, like the metal. <laughs> yeah, her and, uh, and Luthor had amazing themes i love them they're so good Hans zimmer does it again <laughs> but uh i thought yeah i thought she was a i thought she was a perfect wonder woman i thought the obviously the the costume and everything it looks phenomenal but her, just the way she acted i love her accent everything about her i just screamed wonder woman anyone who complains that uh jamie uh, alexander should have been cast as wonder woman is crazy right now oh yeah no, i thought uh gal good it's gal good right yeah it's saying? like it's like uh you pronounce the t but it's not good dot. It's good dope. Because right. she's Israeli. Yeah. So, so get, 
Yeah, I thought Gal Gadot was cool. She was initially playing like like the femme fatale with Bruce a little bit. Right. But yeah, as Wonder Woman, when she had like the uh, the lasso, like the whip. Yeah, that was pretty sick. I love that. That That was great. And it seemed like she was actually injecting some like levity, some like uh, lightheartedness into that fight because Doomsday like punches her backwards and she gets up and she smiles. And I was like, oh, finally! Like we, had, it's actually yeah. some lightheartedness for a superhero movie because the rest of them were all brooding. But I thought that was really cool. Wonder Woman, I thought was was really good given what she had to do. She wasn't a huge part of the movie. Exactly for what she did, I thought she did every. I don't think she took like you know. I know a few people were complaining about the way she was delivering her lines, but I didn't think one time she gave a wooden line or anything. I thought she was fine. And I, I it made me more excited for the Wonder Woman movie. So, and, you know, it did its job in that respect. But, yeah, really. Yeah, like, they, made a, they made a point of highlighting that, like, 1918 picture of Wonder Woman, which I assume is from, from the come, upcoming solo movie. Yeah. You see Chris Pine on the left. Like, they focused on that picture twice. I know some people were uh, calling that out as well. But So how do you feel about Zack Snyder, given what we've seen from Dawn of Justice, Snyder's career. I mean, he's supposed to be directing both Justice Leagues now, right? How right. do you feel about Snyder? Listen, I like Snyder. I like man. I love Man of Steel. I unabashedly love Man of Steel. I think it's a fantastic movie. Um, I like Man of Steel more than I like this movie. And I feel interesting. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> I feel the same way. But um, I think that it's probably time for him to step down or up into a producing role. And let someone else come in because here's the thing: most of these directors that do comic book movies, they do a few movies in be- like they'll do a movie. Christopher Nolan did Batman Begins, then he did The Prestige, then he did The Dark Knight, then he did Inception. You know, he tries to keep it fresh. Zack Snyder has gone from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman, now right into Justice League, and then he'll go right into Justice League Two. Uh, obviously, the critics don't love his uh, style. Uh, like we said a-, a few times already, it's very polarizing. I think that you get someone else to, you know, take the director's chair. I'm not saying making it, try to, you know, turn it into a Marvel movie, a popcorn movie, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I think that make it a little more mainstream. Don't make it as inaccessible to non-comic book fans. Make it a little lighter. Because, again, remember, just like you have The Flash. He's, you know, he's, it is Barry, but he's not like Wally cracking jokes. But he's usually a lighthearted, you know, he's just a genuinely nice guy. You can't have Barry Allen sulking in the background with everyone else. And also, it would be a weird dynamic. The whole, the best part of the Justice League is that Batman is the brooding one, and Superman is you know the the symbol of hope, and Wonder Woman's the warrior, and Flash is the scientist, and Green Lantern is the one making you know ridiculous jokes all the time. So you need someone who can build up the characters and give them that dynamic. And from what we've seen with Snyder, I don't think that he'd be able to develop the the dynamic between the team. Yeah. So. I guess now, now we have Suicide Squad coming up in a few months. How do you think that's? Do you think that's going to play into this universe directly, or is it going to function as like a Guardians of the Galaxy more or less standalone for the time being? Well, we know that Batman's going to be in the movie for however he's probably going to have a smaller part. Oh, that's right. But he's in that's the movie. Right, yeah. yeah. No, and I, Joker's there too. And Joker's there too. So I think that they are going to really try to make this a very cohesive universe where all the movies have either references or play into the other movies in the franchise. Maybe not Green Lantern. Cause, oh, no, they could do it with Green Lantern because now you have, it seems like they're trying to introduce Darkseid and uh, the new gods. So, yeah, I think that all the movies are going to play into, like, one main, big main conflict. Yeah, you got to hope for that, I think, at this point. But Green yeah. Lantern so far out anyway. That's, what, 2020, yeah, I it's, think? So it's, it's far uh, away. They can figure out what they want by then. Exactly. 
Yeah, actually, Dark right, Side so, may even be done by then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, see, what's your what's your closing thoughts on BVS? You say you like Man of Steel more, but you still like this movie. What would you tell someone who's on the fence about? I think you, this is a movie you still have to see oh, to make your own opinion about. You have to see this movie. It's you know, first of all, it it it's shot beautifully. The movie, whether you like the content or not, it's a beautiful movie to watch. Um, I didn't get to see it in IMAX. I'm probably gonna go see it in IMAX sometime next week. But no, I. If you go in with lofty expectations, and you, if you go in with an idea of what you want, then you are probably going to come out disappointed. Go in realizing that, go in thinking this is like a, uh, what do they call it in the comics? Uh, not after Crossover? Cro- not, not even a crossover, just like a, an Elseworlds, Elseworlds uh, issue, where, you know, it's not the main continuity, it's not in context, it doesn't have to be beat for beat with the comics, it's somebody's interpretation of it. It's very comic accurate. But, yeah, it's, it's not a Marvel movie. Don't expect it to be a Marvel movie. Don't expect to just sit there and watch it and, you know, be laughing and joyful the whole time. Expect to have to really pay attention to everything uh, and expect, uh, you know, some slow pacing but some great performances. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you, like, if you like action, the ending will be for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I really can't say it any better. Just... Uh... You probably don't need to see Man of Steel to see this, although I would certainly recommend it. But oh, yeah. Sure. There's a lot to like in this movie, even for all its faults. So definitely uh, give it a fair shake. Right. Well, what would you, um, you think of Batman Killing? You know, I didn't really mind. I, I, it's, it almost seemed like it made sense because this is like an old, uh, cynical Batman, right? right? I mean, he, like he said, uh, you kill a villain, another... like Villains are like weeds, I think he said. Like They always come back, and I thought that was that was kind of cool. His fight uh, in the third act, when he goes to get Clark's mom, I thought that was really intense, really visceral fight. We saw the oh. beginning of that in the last trailer, but I thought that was, that was great, and just seeing how Batman just didn't give, give an F was awesome. I thought that was probably, you know, one of the top two or three scenes in the movie. It was just, it was fantastic. I loved the Martha... How he says, you know, Clark is like Martha, his mom is Martha, and Bruce's mom is Martha because you played Arkham Knight, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so we know how, what the name Martha means to Batman, and there's really no other way of stopping that fight without one of them killing the other one in a really, or in a really cheesy manner than, than doing it like that. I actually really love that scene. And as far as Batman killing, I didn't like it at first, but then I read someone saying that if he didn't kill in the movie, then there would have been no stakes to the end fight because you wouldn't have believed that he would kill Superman anyway. So I was like, that's actually a really good point. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. look past it. I'll look past it this time. Yeah. But I think that in, ju- <laughs> in Justice League, I think that they should redact it and kind of show that he has maybe going, you know, trying to maybe trying to serve Superman better in death. So he's going to take up his no killing policy, even though he killed Man of Steel. <laughs> Where do you think they get with the Batman solo film? Because we're, you know, they're not taking Ben Affleck back in time. I assume we're sticking with the old, older Batman. So where do you think they go with that? Yeah, Given I, that the Joker's already out there. And right. Well, I heard that they were doing that. They might do a prequel. I, I mean, there's so many stories you could tell that it would be kind of cool. Personally, I think you could do a prequel sequel where you do Under the Red Hood, adapt Under the Red Hood, so you show how whichever Robin they choose, hopefully Jason Todd dies, and how Joker killed him. And then you show him coming back, and it's more of an intimate story because this is what I was saying to my brother when we got out of the movies. Um, with a Batman, or with the Justice League now, 
you can't have every movie being, you know, especially a Batman movie being where the whole world is in danger because then everyone's be like, well, where's the Justice League? And they're right. So you have to have a very intimate story where Batman wouldn't want any help from the Justice League. He's saying, this is my, you know, my, my family, my problem, my failure, and I have to find the solution. And that is the exact story. It just fits so well. Can't argue with that, my friend. Well, I think <laughs> that about wraps it up for us. Stay tuned to our Twitters for sure. I'm sure, uh, at least I know for me, I'm going to have more thoughts as I think about <laughs> the movie more. But uh, avoid the reviews. Go see it. Form an opinion and then discuss it because there's things, there's definitely things you missed. So yeah, it's probably sure. worth second viewing as well. But uh, I'm Dave, that's Steve. And if you like more of these review discussions from us, let us know and we'll do some more. There's plenty of cool movies coming up. Oh, that's Steve, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got anything else to add, Steve, before we uh, sign off? Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I think actually, one last thing. We saw that. Um... We see that the movie is still doing really great financially. It's making a lot of money. Um, it's breaking some Marsh records and everything. I think it's DC's uh, best opening weekend ever. But it dropped. Um, let me see if I have the number here. It was about four million, I think. It dropped four million, yeah, from one seventy to one sixty six. But that's because the Friday to Saturday number was like almost like a forty percent drop, which is the most of any superhero uh, movie ever. I don't know if that's because of Easter or not. We'll find out. And also. The cinema score was only a B, which is the same as Catwoman and Green Lantern. So we'll see how, how you know, if it has any legs. Uh, you know, those two things kind of say maybe it's not going to go as far as, uh, you know, Force Awakens, obviously. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. If it doesn't, it probably will make over a billion dollars. But if it makes only like around 850 to 900 million, I think that that would be another reason to maybe, you know, get rid of Snyder. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, you're you're definitely right with that. I think the cinema score in particular is a little uh, a little alarming. Just yeah. be, just because, you know, we know the critics are are crit- criticizing it as as they do, but the fans and the comic fans are supposed to be higher on it. The fact that it's so polarizing with the fans, yeah, word of mouth could hurt this movie, and it's going to need its legs. So if a big drop off happens for its second weekend, you could be worried about that. Yeah, but maybe it gets snared out of the way, like you said. So we'll have to. Uh, Stay tuned for that. All right, Steve. I will talk to you soon about this. Guys, let us know if you have any thoughts. Hit us up on Twitter, on SoundCloud, and we'll talk to you soon.